Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. What's up, everybody? Glad to see you on this Sunday night. Hopefully you can hear me. My mixer's not showing any audio, but the software was. So hopefully you can hear me. If not, then, well, I guess I'll be talking to myself for a while. Uh, baseball reaction. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of good, a lot of bad this weekend. Somewhere in between. The weather was just awful. Awful, awful, awful weather this weekend. Uh Ole Miss had to cancel their game Saturday. State played all three, but oh, just horrible, horrible baseball. I guess you can hear me, T, if you're uh, if you're commenting. Again, my mixer's not showing any audio, so uh, don't know why. But anyway, give me one second here, guys. I'll uh, I'll share this out, and uh, and then we'll start talking baseball. Um, that's all I got for you. That's all we're going to talk about, unless you guys have something else going on. It's all baseball here. Nothing else really happened this weekend. I know there were some. Hoops that extended beyond uh, the state of Mississippi that went down. Not too much exciting around here. Uh, I mean, I guess we could talk Major League Baseball failing in their negotiations again. Uh, we we could do that. We could talk Sean Payton, I guess. But I kind of want to just do baseball tonight, if that's okay with you guys. Um, going to be a shorter one, probably, because I got basketball to watch here. And I got to go make some coffee, because it's going to be a late night. So. Nine, nine o'clock tips are just not fun. So anyway, the good, the bad, and the weather, no doubt, no, uh, no doubt. Uh, one of of our regular viewers here uh, is a little upset with me because I was slightly critical of Ole Miss in a podcast that I did earlier today. I hate that I disappointed that listener, but truth be told, um. Not everything is perfect with Ole, with Ole Miss baseball right now, and that's okay. It, it's they, they right now, weather's been terrible. That's a factor, but they have been playing bad defense. They have an error issue right now, um, and and that's a real concern because once SEC play comes, if you continue to play defense like that, you're going to lose games. Will they? I don't think so. But if they do, if they do, then they will lose games they should not lose because right now they're playing bad defense. And also, I think that um, we haven't seen dominant starting pitching yet, which is something you usually get from Mike Bianco teams. It's early, it's cold, but so far you haven't gotten an overpowering dominant outing from an Ole Miss starting pitcher yet. I'm just telling you the truth, guys. And then, I mean, there's criticism for State right now. They can't hit the baseball. They, they can't hit the baseball. I mean, Mississippi State this weekend, yeah, they, they back-ended the series, but the only reason why they came back on Friday night was because the Norse were just handing them free bases and runs. Um, so we'll talk about that. 
I've got some thoughts also on on fan reaction, but I have yet to actually share the show. Um, anyway, so I, I feel bad. I feel bad. I made I made uh, a regular listener upset with uh, some things I said on a podcast. But anyway, we'll talk about all that here. Let me just actually get this out there, um, and we can get started. Hope all of you had a good weekend. Otherwise, escaped the weather. Jason, I know you you deal with worse weather than us, man. I I, I hear you, but uh, it was not baseball weather this weekend at all. There were some snow flurries in North Mississippi on Friday. Here, yeah, this it stunk this weekend. February in Mississippi is not supposed to feel like this. February in Mississippi is not supposed to feel like this. And this week and next weekend, of course, both teams are on the road, by the way. I don't know where Southern Miss is this weekend, but Ole Miss and State are, as I understand it, yeah, both on the road. So the weather this weekend is going to be perfect, perfect, and the teams aren't going to be here. (laughs) Of course, right? Naturally. That's uh, that's usually how it works out, right? Why couldn't they be in New Orleans and in Orlando this past weekend? Why did they have to go this weekend? Anyway, so uh, the show is out there shared, and uh, let's get started. I got I, I got about thirty to forty minutes with you guys tonight. Thirty to forty minutes, and then I got to go watch Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum beat up on uh, LeBron and the banged up Lakers. So that's what I'm doing tonight. So. Taiwan Malone, T gets us started with that. Yeah, you know, you you see big baseball players. Like Brad Cumbus, for example, is a SEC football player who happens to play baseball. When he takes the field, he looks physically different than the rest of the guys, right? Same thing with Ty Malone. I mean, you, you've seen 300-pound guys at the plate before in college baseball. Hell, Ole Miss has one, another one. But he's built differently than everybody else. Watching a 310-pound SEC defensive tackle in his second college at bat hit a home run to the opposite gap at 405 feet was awesome. I remember uh, there were some people when he signed with Ole Miss asking asking me and, and on our text line and stuff on the radio show if he was just... Like if Bianco was just taking him because he didn't have to give him any scholarship money to help the football team out. And I thought, I mean, maybe. I don't think so, though. And sure enough, um, earning at-bats as a true freshman in the second weekend, Mike Bianco's not into the gimmick. He doesn't give at-bats to dudes that he doesn't think has earned the opportunity to take those at-bats. So pretty impressive for a football player to be (laughs) hitting a home run in his second college at-bat. That was awesome. Yeah, Brown Yeti, the good, the bad, and the weather. No, no doubt. Yeah, how dare I see what everyone else sees? I mean, I'm just, you know, people have high expectations for this baseball team in Oxford. And right now, they're not playing like it defensively. Their offense is legit. Defensively, they're not playing like it. That's okay to say. Um, with higher expectations comes increased criticism. That's life. You're more scrutinized when more people are paying attention to you. That's just kind of how it goes. Does the MLS overtake Major League Baseball? 
I don't, you know, people make fun of the, the idea because for, you know, 15 years, people have been saying soccer is overtaking sports in this country. Um, I wouldn't be dismissive of that. Maybe not MLS, uh, just because, you know, it's not the highest level of, of the sport. Um, maybe it will be with time, but it's not. But the Premier League and stuff rates extremely well in this country. And knock on wood, if we qualify for the World Cup next month, and so you'll have a World Cup and all these ESPN and, and people are buying rights to Premier League and stuff. And now you've got this labor dispute in Major League Baseball. Maybe it won't overtake it, but uh, Major League Baseball, for example, is not the the big three. I mean, I guess if you want to lump football in together, but no, the big three in this country starts with the NFL and then a big drop off and then college football. College football is more popular than the NBA in terms of viewership. Postseason and regular college football regular season blows the NBA out of the freaking water. It's not even close. Same thing with Major League Baseball. The NBA just plays 82 games and baseball plays double that. So the total audience for the season, of course, is higher. But on, on a regular season, like week by week basis, college football is the second most popular sport in this country. It's not even close. I mean, it, the, the gap, it's the NFL way up here, and then there's a big drop, and then college football, and then there's a big drop before you get to the others. Um, baseball and uh, MLB and the NBA are more vulnerable to be overtaken than they've ever been before in my lifetime. So, anyway. Good evening, Harvey. Glad to see you. Welcome in. Uh, Jason says, you can't very well say we have two top ten teams and podcast about it. You have to nitpick something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Ole Miss, for example, has played Charleston Southern and VCU. And VCU was definitely a step up in competition, no doubt. Um, their third baseman especially is a high-level baseball player, uh, high level. and uh, But still, it's two overmatched teams. So, I mean, I could sit here. I just I don't want that to be me. I, I want to tell the truth. You know, and and analyze how I see it, right? And not everything is perfect. I don't know. I, I just I don't want to sit here and say, "Yeah, Ole Miss is great. They're all what a weekend, awesome. Everything's great, and and they're the best, and nobody can beat them. And everything you can just explain it away because of the weather, and that's all it is. It's just weather and nothing else. And they're just the best. I don't want to do that because I don't think that's true." There are issues defensively. I think they've got to figure out a lineup where that maximizes their defense. And right now, um, I, I think today's lineup was better than Friday's, for example. Also, I don't yet see and haven't yet seen a dominating pitching performance. Can it come? Yes, it can. But this is the SEC after all, guys. This is the best baseball conference in America. Um your offense is not going to score 14 runs in seven innings every night in conference play. And right now, I think it's fair to wonder, Not, and I'm not even speaking in definitives, which is what I should do in the opinion business, but it's fair to wonder if Ole Miss has dominating starting pitching because they have yet to show that. It doesn't mean they can't be. It doesn't mean they won't be, but they haven't shown it yet, and that's fair. And also, 
the way they play defense right now, if they continue to play like this, will cost them games they shouldn't lose. If that's too much, man, I'm sure there's some blog or website or something that has a podcast that will tell you that the weekend was just awesome and Ole Miss is the best team in America and and nothing is wrong and everything is perfect. But Mike Bianco is going to come on our radio show tomorrow, and guess what Mike Bianco is going to say? The head coach, guess what he's going to say? We don't play good enough right now. So why is it a problem when I say it? When your coach, I promise you, will come on our radio show tomorrow and he'll say, yeah, you know, it's cold, but that's not an excuse. We've got to play better. I promise you those will be his exact words tomorrow, that they didn't, they don't play good enough defense. I promise you he'll say it. So why is it a problem when I do? Did say like Robbie Falk was getting crap for saying that State doesn't hit the fastball well. All Robbie was saying is what Chris Limonis was saying. It's crazy to me that that, that some people can't uh I mean I'm just regur- Robbie was just saying what Chris Limonis said and people were giving him crap because State doesn't hit the fastball well. Well, that's not true. Well, Chris Limonis said it was true. You know more than the national championship winning head coach? I don't think so. Anyway, speaking of UCF, he says the NCAA sucks. Yeah, I don't understand that. Uh, Haydad pushed back on that a little bit on, I think it was Friday's show, we talked about it. Um, Because, you know, technically Plumlee did play football for Ole Miss, and it is the same academic year. So going from one school to another in the same year to play is... but, But I don't think there's... You know, often people use the slippery slope argument. Oh, well, this will just open Pandora's box, right? This is just a slippery slope. There really isn't one here. How many dual sport athletes are there in college sports? How many are there? I mean, hell, they all play for Ole Miss, apparently. How many are there? Very few. So letting Plumlee transfer and playing baseball in the same academic year that he played football is not going to open up some Pandora's box of bad things happening in college sports like the transfer portal or NIL or whatever. This is a very unique circumstance that may not happen again. Maybe it does. I, I don't know. But like, how many two-sport Division One athletes are there right now? How many? What five? I, I bet there's less than ten. I bet on two hands, we can get to how many there are. And it's not like they're all going to transfer either. It just it, you say you're in it for the student athlete. Well, robbing the student athlete of a chance to play a sport and his four years of eligibility is a bit ridiculous to me. But Brown Yeti says it snowed Friday morning and this morning here in Tupelo. Nothing stuck, but still, ugh. Oh, I didn't know this. Jason says all of Mississippi's records regarding winter weather have happened this time of year. Awesome. I didn't know that. I mean, I guess we had that brutal ice storm last year in February where, uh, you know, we still did the show every day. But it took me 45 minutes to an hour to get to the station each day, and it usually takes me about 10 minutes. <laughs> I remember that. That was, what, first week of February or something last year? 
said on TV today, Tywon is a top 25 first baseman in America, according to some sports media publications, so he must be pretty decent. Dude. After, like, other true freshman baseball players, like, went through fall ball. Like, they saw SEC pitching. It was their own, but they still saw it. Like, they practiced and were going through fall ball and all that. He was playing football until the first week of January. (laughs) He got none of that as a true freshman. And it hits a bomb. Hits a bomb in a second at bat. That's special. What an athlete. It would. Man. When your parents tell, told you that you could be anything you wanted to be, well, I couldn't be time alone. I'll tell you that. That is not something I could have been. <laughs> could have been him. Williams says D1 polled number two. Arkansas lost to Stanford, so Ole Miss might move to number two in the morning. Maybe so. Jason says, I don't know much about soccer, but I'd rather watch that than the MLB. Well, you may not have MLB to watch this year. T says, I don't want Ole Miss uh, being number two going to UCF. Uh, UCF is what, six and one on the year? Uh, So seemingly another step up in competition. Uh, Nice little facility they they got there, too, where they play baseball. Here, I'll pull it up for you. Um, It kind of reminds me of Oak Grove's football stadium. I don't know why. Because it's it's got this weird upper deck that just kind of seems unnecessary, but no, not a bad little park. I wonder how they draw, but here you go. Um, well, it's a nice little rendering for an upgrade, but you know, it's nothing special, but nice little ballpark. So we'll see. We'll uh, we'll get a real test for Old Miss this weekend. Speaking of tests, did you see what Long Beach did this weekend? Ooh, yeah, they lost. They lost that series at home. T wants to see Washburn on Sundays. Well, McDaniel could have had a better day if if he got good defense behind him. I mean, that was part of his problem. Is they uh, if. Uh, if they play decent defense, he gets out of that first inning without having to throw like 30 pitches or whatever. Um, anyway. See, that here's the thing, William. I, I don't necessarily think that this is going to be another one of those um, like where they collapse late thing. I, I think truly, uh, offensively, Ole Miss is legit. And they haven't played you know high-level competition yet. They haven't, but you know what all of those guys can do against SEC pitching because they did it a year ago and did it quite well. It was a great offensive team last year, uh, and all of those guys are back. What's impressive so far to me with Ole Miss's offense is not that they're beating Charleston Southern and VCU. They're supposed to do that. It's how they're doing it. It's patience. It's they got in a three nut. They gave up three runs in the top of the first inning today without giving up a hit. And instead of what I've seen Ole Miss teams do in years past, where it feels like they have to, you know, get five runs on one swing and they press and they they have bad approaches and they give cheap outs and stuff like that. That was Ole Miss teams years past. So far this season, they don't do that. They're very patient at the plate. They're very pragmatic. Not everybody, despite 
they hit a high volume of home runs. Not everybody's trying to score five runs on one swing. Uh, their approaches are good. They're very well prepared and and relaxed and patient, which is what you would expect from a veteran team. But you're seeing what they were supposed to be, which is a high-level offense, one through nine, plus a couple of guys that come off the bench depending on uh, who, who the starting pitcher is. I mean, they are they're 12, 13 deep in terms of guys that can beat you and not guys that you think can beat you. No, like guys where you've seen be effective against the best pitching in America. So they are who you thought they were. They're patient at the plate. They don't give cheap outs. They're willing to, you know, chip away at the few times that, that they've been in a hole. Like they were in a hole today and they didn't rush back. No cheap outs, really good approaches. They seem to be very well prepared. And that's what you'd expect for a, from a team like this, for sure. Brown Yeti, I use D1. I, I think uh, I think D1 is um, is the best one. And it's uh, it's the one that we reference. It's the only one we use on the show is, uh, is D1 for whatever. Uh, that may be worth to you, but that's the one. Um, no, just water for me. I'm, I'm about to start drinking coffee, though, because I don't know if I'm going to make it to the end. Um, of this basketball game tonight. So, no, just water for me. I just, I'm really proud of this little, this little tumbler I bought. It's pretty sick, right? Yeah. I've carried it everywhere with me since I bought it because I'm like a 12 year old with my fandom, as it turns out. Um, during spring break in the 90s, Mississippi had snow. Boo. Really? That's terrible. I went to New York once in May and it snowed. And I'll never go back. I hated New York City. I hated it. My wife wants to go and I'll take her because she wants to go. But I hated it. Jason says, slippery slope, I find, is generally just an argument that stupid people make to avoid admitting they're just too dumb to consider changing something. <laughs> Attaboy. Uh, and no, Ole Miss, last year's Ole Miss team didn't collapse. They, they went to a third game of a super regional without their ace because he had to get surgery. Um, yeah, that's it. What do the Pels do without Zion? Who would, who would want to give up anything big for him right now at this point? Nobody, but well, somebody would give up something. I don't think the team wants to, to give up anything. I think they're trusting in CJ McCollum to um, get him to get his stuff together. And it sounds like that's kind of already in the works. The team doesn't want to trade him because when he's on the court, despite his inability to stay on the court, when he's on the court, uh, I mean, he's 27 points a night on 60% shooting. He's elite when he plays. Um, he's got some maturity issues he's got to work out. And, uh, and if he can't work it out in New Orleans, that's fine. Because I think finally... The, the franchise has the right coach, the right roster uh, that is built the right way. You've got cheap, young talent. You've got veterans on multiple contracts. You've still got a ton of draft capital. Um, there's a lot going for this franchise right now. And so with or without him, I think they'll be okay moving forward, honestly. It's weird to say, but I think it's true, finally. 
Ole Miss had a lot of two-out rallies today for runs, sign of a good team. They are good. Long Beach didn't do the Bulldogs any favor this weekend. What a stinker. It's because they are good offensively. They're, they're veteran, and their approaches have been great so far. Not good teams, but again, you know that they are capable uh, against good teams. On the flip side, yeah, uh, you know, Mississippi State, uh, not good so far. Really bad, actually. Um, and, and I've seen a lot of, I hate to get fan preachy, but I kind of do it too much. I've seen a lot of people say things like, you're not a true fan if you're worried about this team and stuff like that. Um, it is perfectly fine for you, the state fan, if you're listening to this, to be concerned about your team. It doesn't mean you think that they're not going to end up being good. It doesn't mean you don't love your team or whatever, but being concerned about the way they've played to this point is perfectly fine and normal and rational. It's perfectly fine. And it doesn't mean you're not ha- oh, just shut up and be happy that we won a national championship. Yeah, but that was last year. Talking about this year's team. I haven't seen Chase in here. Chase gets it. It's perfectly fine to be concerned because right now they can't hit the ball. Uh, Haven't been able to consistently. And the Norse, God bless them, going into this weekend were terrible and are. That's not a good baseball team that took game one of a series against State, and now you've seen Long Beach for a second week and they struggled a bit this weekend too. And so it, it can all be true at once. It can be true that state is struggling right now. Frankly, they're playing bad baseball. They are. They're playing bad baseball. Somebody needs to unplug Landon Sims and plug him right back in. Just give him a little reset from whatever that was on Friday. I don't expect him to pitch like that very much moving forward. Um, I also don't expect them to be this bad at the plate for the rest of the season either. But it's perfectly fair for you, the fan, to look at this team and wonder, you know, what gives? Could it be championship hangover? Could it be a little bit of hubris? Could it be the cold weather? I don't know. But they're not playing good baseball to start the season. That is objectively true. And that's okay. As you've seen in years past, that hasn't really mattered with your program, at least in recent history, um, because they tend to find a way. Chris Limonis clearly pulls on the right strings. Um, I'm not worried about them yet, but it's perfectly fair to ask questions of why do they look like crap? Because they kind of look like crap so far. And there's too much known on that team for this to be who they are forever. But right now, It's not good enough, and that's okay. It's okay to say. It doesn't mean you're a bad fan for thinking it. It doesn't mean you're not happy about winning the national championship last year. It doesn't mean you're irrational or anything. It doesn't mean you don't understand baseball. It just simply means that right now they're playing bad baseball, and it's fair to be concerned. It's just the truth as I see it, I suppose. Same thing with Ole Miss. They've dominated. They've got one of, if not the best offense in America. They have also yet to turn out a really dominating starting pitching performance, and they're playing poor defense. Those things, those last two things can change. They have before and they can again. But right now, it's the truth.
teams can get better as the season progresses. They can get worse as the season progresses, or they can stay the same. Just because something is true right now does not mean it will be true forever. Words uh, to live by. So, Jason remembers the the cold. He said, I remember that. It was my senior year and we had a cold snap. What was that, 1947, Jason? I'm kidding. Uh, During spring break and you went bow fishing in your prom tux. What? Hey, where'd uh, where'd that white suit go, huh? 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 Oh, man. I watched hockey this weekend, by the way, guys. Did you? Did you guys check out the uh, the stadium series in Nashville? How much fun did that look? What, 70,000 people in the Titan? what is it, Nissan Stadium in Nashville where the Titans play? Put a hockey rink right in the middle of it. Right next to it, they had a stage set up where bad country musicians played bad country music at intermission. But aside from that, the scenes were unbelievable. Uh, I wish we could do something like that here uh, in our baseball stadiums or in our football stadiums. I don't know what you could do. I mean, if they can do hockey in Nashville, I guess they could do hockey here too. But, um, you know, it's just who would do it? Either way, the scene was incredible in Nashville. I watched a full hockey game from start to finish last night. Whole thing. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, a lot of fun. Bunch of fights. The two teams apparently didn't like each other. Uh, Taylor Lewan was chugging beers with his shirt off, and Pecorine threw a catfish on the ice. I mean, what more could you ask for? Uh, so that was fun. Basketball, not so much fun this weekend. Although State got a win, which I guess is something, but doesn't matter. Uh, we're we're on to talking about coaching searches. Ole Miss. Um, Yes, NHL is incredibly entertaining. But but it like entertaining doesn't even describe it. It, it it's the speed. It, like every play is on goal basically. It's so fast. You are always like on the edge of your seat because the possession is on goal. It's like having an entire football game where a team's in the red zone. So it it the whole game the team's in the red zone. Or a team is in the red zone. That's what hockey is. It's just the speed, the energy is off the charts. And the visuals last night were incredible. But uh, Ole Miss yesterday, that was brutal. Uh, the crowd was brutal, expectedly so. But on top of that, uh, Texas A&M, get this. If you guys didn't see my tweets, Texas A&M went 10, 10 minutes, straight minutes in the second half without making a shot. They hit like three free throws in that span, three or four, something like that. But they did not make a basket. Not a basket for 10 minutes. That's an entire quarter of the game in the second half and still won by double digits. That's how bad it was yesterday in Oxford. Uh, Boy, that was a tough watch. Everybody that went should be given like $150 just for showing up. Like, thanks for coming. Have dinner on us. Ten, an entire quarter's worth of basketball without making a shot. And still won by double digits on the road. 
ugly, ugly stuff there. Ugly, ugly stuff there. So, anyway, long story short, long story short, um, and I think Ole Miss has shown you that they have one of the best offenses in America, and that offense can possibly carry the team. But they've got to clean a lot up if they want to reach that potential. On the other side, I think State right now is playing really, really bad baseball. Um, That's objectively true. I don't think that you're irrational as a fan for being concerned about your team. And I don't think that they are this bad. They're playing bad. I don't think they are bad, and those are are two different things. And you can say the same thing about Ole Miss in the field and pitching, too. They're they're not as bad as they look right now. It's just got to change soon because conference play is not too far away. What is it, three weeks away? Let me see. So one, two, yeah, three weeks away. So there's a lot of baseball to be had to to clean it up, but both teams have some stuff they've got to do quickly. Now, State more than Ole Miss, but both teams have some things they have to clean up if they're going to be as good as we all thought that they were going into the season. So, Memphis Rebel says Ole Miss basically had free tickets for that game, and it was still embarrassingly empty. Does the, that fact put a wrinkle in Keith's plans for Kermit? That's a really good question. That is a really good question. Uh, because, yeah, if you had a ticket to the baseball game, you could have gone to the basketball game for free. That is brutal. Um on on two thirty on a bad weather Saturday where there's beer and it's what seventy two degrees inside the pavilion can't rain on you because it's not Tad Smith and this is I mean this is what I said on the radio a couple weeks ago Ole Miss baseball fans if they want Bianco gone sent the wrong message to Keith Carter because they broke a season ticket sales record. Um, the crowds for Charleston Southern were excellent. Uh, Charleston Southern Saturday was better than a lot of Saturday SEC crowds that I've seen in my life. Um, so if Ole Miss fans want Mike Bianco gone, they're sending Keith Carter the wrong message because baseball is making money and baseball does not make money. So you can't justify paying a buyout when your fans are supporting it the way they are baseball. And I said... The crowd for the South Carolina game was Ole Miss fans sending a message to Keith Carter. They're not going to support the product. This past Saturday, yesterday, another example of that. That was sending a message. Will it be received? I don't know. Um, I don't know where it came from. I had somebody send me a DM asking if if Kermit was going to retire, and I have not heard that. I have no idea where that's coming from. Um could just be like a Facebook thing. I don't know. Um, but we had this conversation on the show, and it, somebody else said, well, if Jarkel Joyner comes back, and if Deshaun Ruffin is healthy, and if Matt Morell comes back, and if they get a player or two from the transfer portal, they could be a good team next year. And I thought, that's a lot of if, you know? There's so many ifs that go into this team being better next year. And I just, I don't know if all of those things are going to come true. Um, I, I can tell you without a doubt that back channel recruiting goes on in college basketball. If you're a decent player, people are recruiting you. There's no guarantee that 
uh, Ruffin and, and Merle and Joyner are, I mean, I guess Joyner already transferred. So it's either leave college basketball or return, I guess. Um, but there's no guarantee what you currently have will return. And after last year's transfer portal hall, which appeared to go one for three so far, Brakefield can be better if patience came. But either way, um, last year's portal hall wasn't game-changing. Brooks is a nice player, but otherwise it wasn't game-changing. Um, there's too many ifs for me. Too many ifs. Uh, and fans sent a message yesterday. I think you can't ignore it, I guess, to answer your question. You can't ignore that. If people aren't supporting what you're doing, you can't do it for very long. Anyway, if Landon Sims gets knocked around again, does Lamotis put him back in the pen? No. Uh, I think uh, regardless of what happens, Landon Sims is going to be a starting pitcher. In some of this decision, and Chris Lamotis, credit to him, uh, has actually um, – openly talked about it where it's not just about, you know, this team, it's about Landon's future and, and the best chance for him to, to make it at the next level and make as much money as he can, which, you know, is important because it pays for stuff um, is for him to be a starter. That That's the best thing for Landon Sims first and also the team. And I love that. That's that's why Chris Limonis gets the, the most out of his players because of stuff like that. Um, because it's, that decision was made for Landon Sims also, not just for the, the good of the team. So, no, I think they're going to stick with that. And I don't think he'll pitch like that again. I don't think so. He is human, if you can believe it. He is human. But anyway. Williams says, how about the Ole Miss women's basketball team getting a double bye in the SEC tournament considering where they were not long ago? Um, yeah, man. The the job that Coach Yo has done in a very short time considering the absolute dumpster fire that she took over uh, is remarkable. It's remarkable. Finishing fourth in this SEC when two years ago she was having to play student trainers they, they, they were giving student trainers uniforms and having to play them two years ago because of numbers. Think about that. Two years ago, they were having to play student trainers because they were like, what else are we going to do? I don't know. I mean, we, we don't have anybody. So, uh, water girl, grab a jersey, get in the game, take some shots. To where they are now is incredible. She's done a hell of a job. And true, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, no doubt. Jason says, Kermit can coach, but I don't see how Ole can keep him if he doesn't make some serious noise in the portal this time. Hallen made noise last year, but did nothing with it. Odd how it's worked out like polar opposite problems between State and Ole Miss basketball, but similar results, all things considered. Yeah, uh, I have... I had somebody tell me earlier today that it just seems like the, the game has passed the two of them by. Because Ben Howland's a great recruiter, and it's easy to go to Final Fours when you've got the players that he had. Easier, I should say. But you don't go to Final Fours by being a bad basketball coach. 
or even a just a good one, it it takes great things to go to a Final Four. But maybe he's just lost his fastball. You know, maybe that's all it is because he he's recruited well, but clearly he's not getting the most out of his players anymore. Clearly not. This team should be better. Especially in late games, you can tell who the better coach basketball team is, and it's almost never his. Sometimes, you know, the game passes people by, and they they don't adjust the way others do. That happens. Our Ole Miss fans kind of wishing AK was back. No, uh, it was time. I mean, he did lose the locker room for sure, and, and there was some university leadership strife between he and university leadership. Now all those people are gone. Um, He is doing really well at UAB. That's kind of more of where he belongs, but people need to look back at, uh, at his tenure fondly, by the way, his last four years better than the four years since he left in terms of record, the league's gotten better since he left, but still, Armstrong says, Kerm's a good recruiter, inconsistent, and his development hasn't been good. Yeah, the offense is bad. Um, It appears that identification has been bad and development has not been good. Yeah, recruiting in terms of like ranking and stuff and and players and player ranking has upgraded. Um, But they have one true point guard, and he's hurt now. Um, n- no shooting worth anything, and and the offense at times can be really stagnant. I, I'm just I'm not smart enough to to be able to break it down for you and like have a video with X's and O's. But I can tell you that offensively, it's a really hard watch, and they have players that should be better than what they're doing offensively. But anyway, hey, sometimes, Jason, the higher uh, so, some guys are, are better suited for where they are. Um, like that high school. Here's a great example. You know, that high school coach from Pulaski, Tennessee, I think it is that that never kicked the ball. No punts, no field goals, go for it on every fourth down and onside kick. Won some state championships, stuff like that. He goes to Presbyterian College. Let me read these scores for you. Let me read these scores for you. He spent one year at Presbyterian College and and left because it was so bad. They went 2-9. and nine, So they beat St. Andrews and Fort Lauderdale to start the season. Those are two programs that like aren't even NCAA programs. I think Fort Lauderdale is like a... Uh, like an NAIA or something. So they won 84 to 43 and then 68 to 3, right? Against two teams that are like three levels below them. Here are the scores for when they actually started playing FCS teams. Campbell beat them 72 to nothing. Dayton beat them 63-43. They lost to Moorhead State, Davidson by 35 points. They lost to San Diego by 50 points. They lost to Stetson by 40 points. They gave up 65 points in a loss to Valpo. They gave up 57 points in a loss to Marist, 
In their final game of the season, they lost to St. Thomas, which is in St. Paul, Minnesota, 54-15. to So that's a high school coach that's doing nothing but winning and winning state championships, but then he goes up a level and is a massive failure. Sometimes what you do is good for a certain level, but when you take a step up, it's different. Uh, that's why, for example, Cliff Kingsbury can't win at Texas Tech, but he can win in the NFL. His Some styles, some coaching abilities are better suited for different places. Nick Saban couldn't work in the NFL, but he's the greatest college coach of all time. Greatest college coach of all time. Cliff Kingsbury, for a lot of reasons, a lot of it was because you can't get players to Texas Tech, but still, Cliff Kingsbury, not good at Texas Tech. He goes to the NFL, and every year the Arizona Cardinals have gotten better. Some guys are just built for for that level of, of the sport, and, and it varies. Great high school coaches can't make it in college. It just kind of happens like that. I mean, look at Chad Morris, for example. Great offensive coordinator at Clemson. Sucks at Arkansas. And one at SMU, right? Uh, his SMU teams in three years got better every year. Then he goes to Arkansas and sucks, and then goes to high school, one of the best high school programs in America, and can't win there either. But he won at SMU. So, some, it just happens like that sometimes. Yeah, go ahead and like the video, by the way. Tell your friends, subscribe if you haven't already. I've dabbed my toe into the uh, into the shorts game. I don't know if I like it, but I'm going to keep doing it because apparently that's the best way to build subscribers. So I've got two of them out there now. Let's see how they've done. Uh, oh, the second one didn't get any views compared to the first one. That sucks. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, anyway, would Brad Bohannon be a bad choice for Ole Miss should Mike leave? Um, interesting. I don't think that'd be a bad choice. I think they would have better ones, but also I don't think Mike's leaving. I mean, I guess if they get bounced in a regional, things are going to get tight, but I think this team's just going to be too good, and they're going to sell another 8,000 season tickets next year. It's it's hard to fire a coach in a non-revenue sport when that non-revenue sport's making money and selling out season tickets. It's really hard to do. It's really hard to do. Louisiana Tech coach would also be actually a, a really good option, by the way. Um, anyway, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I got to go, but thank you so much for, uh, for tuning in as you always do. I'll be back Wednesday. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll put up a short or two between uh, now and then, but thank you guys so much for tuning in as you always do. Uh, good weekend in Oxford, not so good weekend in Starkville, but, uh, we'll see if they can hit the road this week and clean it up. Hopefully so. We'll uh, we'll talk on Wednesday. In the meantime, y'all be good. I'm gonna go make some coffee and watch some basketball, and uh, see you guys on on Wednesday. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.